This is the Victory Life Today podcast with Al and Angie Berg. Together, we'll learn how to stand in victory each and every day. Live life set ablaze by faith, filled with purpose. Live life above your circumstance. We're going to be talking about God taking things personally. That's it. You know, and when we talk about taking things personally, that's usually not a good thing. That means you're offended. But with God, he takes his, he takes personally his children and, and he's sort of like protective over us. He definitely is. Absolutely. Those who are called his children. And today we're going to talk about how fierce God is for his children. You know, you always tell me that your mom, you know, when she was alive, that she was really fierce for her kids. Mm -hmm. And and I I actually think most parents are. The reason why you had to tell me that about her because you would never know it. (laughs) No, no, no. You know what I mean. But you know, even in current events that's going on right now and the world is so crazy, the moms are standing up and they'll fight for those children. That's right. um, That's right. With something that's going on with one of the major entertainment venues for children, Mm -hmm. those they'll take them down. You don't mess with the moms. Well, that's right. That's right. And you know- Because they take it personal. It's my baby. But what we're going to see today is God takes it personal because we are his children. It's the same thing. Absolutely. And you know, I, you know, and Al, it's true. Like parents, how, how, how do you feel? How does a parent feel when someone makes fun? How do you feel if somebody makes fun of your child or they're being bullied in school or they, they're being made fun out? And you know, you would get angry. And you know, I, I Al, I got to share these two stories because they're so cool. Um, I remember one of two stories. Remember our our grandson, Matthew, he's 21 years old now, God bless him. But he was like five or six in the backseat of my car. And I was driving him and his friends somewhere. And, um, and he, he was a chatterbox. He he was really he was. talkative. He still is today. Yeah, I know. And he's talking and talking and talking. Everything he told that his friend, the friend would respond, oh, you don't know that. And I'm listening to this, and I'm going, huh, you know, this is not a big deal what Matthew said, you know. So then Matthew would go on, wouldn't stop him at all. Go, you don't know that. Now I'm driving, right? And I'm, I'm feeling this, like, Anger in me start rising because you're questioning my grandson, you know, and it went on and on and on. And that kid said it too many times. Well, you don't know that. And that's it. That's a one too many times it took. And finally, I chimed in and I said, well, let me ask you something. Why do you continue to distrust Matthew? How I want to ask you something. How do you know he's wrong or how do you know he's right? You don't know. Right. But instead of just saying, oh, you don't know that, assuming that he's wrong, why don't you just say, oh, really? And just go on. I was so mad because I saw my grandson being um, being uh, just challenged, you know, and it's true. Al, don't mess with the parents because they go they go crazy. And it's the same when someone messes with you. God's going crazy. He's not happy about that. It's just like the moms. You don't mess with my kids. No. And he will defend you. He will. You remember, I was going to say, you remember our daughter, Karen? Yeah, she's still Kinda. around. <laughs> when she was like in middle school, she was hanging around with two other girls. So I don't know if you remember. And she was sort of like the third wheel, but she didn't care. She liked them and they they kind of, 
you know, did a lot together, but they did a lot without her too and everything. And so one time the four of us, me and Karen and the two girlfriends went to see this movie and I was sitting there and Karen and the two girls and in the middle, and now, you know, people have their feet up on the chairs and those two girls had their feet up. So Karen had to go to the ladies room. So she jumped up and she went, and she stood near those girls' legs and they never put their legs down. They, they really were mean to her. I am telling you, I was going to make such a scene in that movie theater, and I didn't because there were people all around. It was a crowded theater, and I didn't say anything. But I have to say, the anger that rose up in me um, and the distaste for these girls and like, oh, I wanted to wring their neck because it hurt me that my child was being hurt. And this is how God feels when somebody treats his kids the same way. He takes it personal. Now, sometimes we are blinded, Al, and sometimes I remember when my kids were in school, you know, these parents, they always stuck up for their kid. If the kid came home with a note from the teacher or the teacher called the parent or something, the parents would automatically jump to the kid's side without even hearing anything. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, what I did, I did the opposite. Al and I, we both did the opposite. We just assumed the teacher was right. Mm -hmm. Because uh, we were pretty fair that way, you know. But I'll tell you what, when I knew my kids were in the right, I would defend them and defend them and stand up for them and I would be fierce for them. So that's what we're talking about today, how God takes it personal when his kids are mistreated mm -hmm. by other people. Yeah, You know, it's not that he doesn't love the other people. It's just that he protects his own. You know, so today's scripture is from Acts, and uh, we're going to go through a few teachings in Acts these next weeks, and it's on uh, Paul on the road to Damascus when he had this conversion. So I want to read it to you. During those days, Saul, which was his name, full of angry threats and rage, wanted to murder the disciples of the Lord Jesus. So he went to ask the high priest and requested a letter of authorization he could take to the Jewish leaders in Damascus, requesting their cooperation in finding and arresting any who were followers of the way. So he wanted to kill Christians. Saul wanted to capture all of the believers he found, both men and women, and dragged them as prisoners back to Jerusalem. So he obtained the authorization and left for Damascus. Just outside the city, a brilliant light flashing from heaven suddenly exploded all around him. Falling to the ground, he heard a booming voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Why are you persecuting me? The men accompanying Saul were stunned and speechless, for they heard this heavenly voice but couldn't see anyone. And Saul replied, Who are you, Lord? I'm Jesus the victorious, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city, and I'll show you what to do. So Paul... Think about it. Now, Paul's persecuting these Christians, right? And then Jesus said, God Why are said, you persecuting me? That's right. Right? That's right. That's and right. it's like, huh? Right. You know, like, like, you know, so Saul was persecuting God. That's Whatever right. Paul was doing to God's people, he was doing to God as well. Whatever you're doing to God's people, <clears throat> remember, you're doing it to God as well. And I think a lot of the people in the world have no clue the things that they do to anybody. is affecting God. Yeah. Let's say they're doing it to a Christian. Yeah. Like, let's say somebody's doing something bad to me or you, 
<clears throat> they're doing it to God. You know, um, years ago, I was an executor of a will and, um, <clears throat> you know, my stepdad had died. Anyway, I was supposed to do everything. And I made sure I did everything exactly right because I knew he was still alive in heaven and knew about what I was doing. Now, I was going to make sure anything I did <clears throat> in terms of executing this will right. was done perfectly right according to what he wanted me to do. Right. And that was good enough. His word, what he told me to do, was good enough for right. me. Right. So, um, and so the way you reacted blessed God because you treated these people with honesty, fairness, integrity, everything right and down the line. God. Because I saw God's alive and they and were well. all Christians, God, and they were all Christians. God knows what I'm doing, right? Right? He sees it, plus my stepdad sees it. Yeah. You're not. You, and you're not hiding out. They, yeah. It isn't like they don't know. They do know what you're doing. Now, maybe not exactly every minute, but... <clears throat> I wasn't sure if they knew the bad stuff, you know, and what do you think? Well, I didn't do any bad no, stuff. No, uh, people that. in heaven watching us. I don't know what they know I don't, exactly. I, I, I don't think so, but they're just maybe not not their memories. here's the point. I understood that if I was to cheat anybody, I was cheating God. That's right. You're if, doing it to him. Right. This is why he's taking it so personally. Right. Isn't that wild that he he's identifies us uh, with wow. us to the level where you do it to them, you're doing it to me. That's part of a blood covenant uh, relationship, by the way. Oh. Today we have contracts, but a blood covenant if meant if someone did something to you. It's the same as they did it to me. So I will come to your aid and fight with you against them if wow. need be. That's a blood covenant. Right. And that's what we have in Jesus. That's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to go. So it's true that we don't realize. Our people do not realize what they're doing. They're doing it to God. If they are Christians, God sees it that way. But he takes it personal also because... He loves us so much, and he doesn't like it when we're mistreated by the world or even other Christians. It's not right, and he he wants to protect us from that, and he hurts. It's like a mother seeing sibling rivalry all the time. The kids grow up, and they're always fighting. They're always fighting. They never that breaks the heart of a parent, you know. And they don't want that. Right. So, and neither does God. So, you know, I'm going to prove it to you guys in Matthew 25:31. Um, this is, uh, you know, Jesus talking when the Son of Man appears with all his angels, he'll take a seat on his throne. This is in the end of the end. And all the nations will be gathered before him. I'm just paraphrasing this. And like a shepherd who separates the sheep from the goats, he's going to separate all the people. And the sheep he'll put on the right side and the goats on his left side. So this is like separating then the king will turn to those on his right and say you have a special place in my father's heart come and experience the full inheritance of the kingdom realm that has been destined for you before the foundation of the world now listen to this this is this is the part that's really we want to get to for when you saw me hungry you fed me now jesus is saying this when you found me thirsty you gave me drink When I had no place to stay, you invited me in. And when I was poorly clothed, you covered me. When I was sick, you tenderly cared for me. And when I was in prison, you visited me. Now, 
Was he ever in prison? No. Did he ever not have clothes, not have food or whatever? Did he, right? So the godly will answer him, which is so true, and it doesn't take, you know, a college graduate to figure this one out. Lord, when did we see you hungry? When did we see you thirsty? When did we give you food or something to drink? I mean, they were even admitting, look, we never did this to you. And when did we see you with no place to stay or, 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 and invite you in? When did we see you poorly clothed? You know, they were questioning him. When did we cover you? You know, when did we see you sick? When did we tenderly care for you? Or when did we visit you in prison? I mean, they were like baffled. And here's what the king said to them. Don't you know that when you cared for one of the least of these, my little ones, my true brothers and sisters, you demonstrated love for me. And another, um, another version says, whatever you have done unto the least of them, you've done it to me. In other words, of course we didn't visit Jesus in jail, but we, when we visit people in jail, we're doing it as unto the Lord. This is how personally God takes things. I liked what you said at the beginning of the scripture where it says, you have a special place in God's heart. Right at the beginning, yes. those of you who do this right. Think about having a special place in God's heart where he's so pleased. It's like, wow, I just love that person. And this is the way you're going to get this special place in God, God's heart is to be doing these things, to right. be living the life. Now, you're going to go to heaven whether you live good or bad if you believe, but when we're when we're doing these things that please God, he gets us you get a special place in his heart. And I think you bring extra pleasure to him and that's why. That, that's that's, why. that's how it brings And yeah. it does by the way say to the least of these my brothers. So when you do it to Christians. In other words, the non-Christians you could make the case doesn't matter. Of course, you'd want to do that to anybody in mankind because it breaks them down and it makes it easier to share the gospel. Sure. And and it goes on to say the opposite. When you don't do these things, you don't do them unto God. That's right. You know, right? That's right. When you refuse to help one of the least important among these little ones, my true brothers and sisters, you see, the true brothers and sisters, you refuse to help and honor, literally, you refuse to help and honor God. By not wow. helping your brother or sister that needs. And, you know, this is this can be difficult because sometimes, yes. you know, you're like someone's done, Christians have done things and you're like, you and you get what you deserve. What do you want me to say? You know what I mean? And God's like, I don't want you to do that. I want you to, regardless of what they've done. And yes, maybe they do deserve what they, they what they're getting. But I don't want you to do that to them. You don't need to, you treat them with love and respect like they never did it anyway. God treats you and I like we never sinned. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, He forgives us for our sins, and then when when we seek forgiveness, He treats us like you never did anything wrong. And we kind of need to get that same thinking in us. We need to be treating people who have done bad things as though they never did. And in Luke six, you know. Uh, um, love your enemies. Do good to them who persecute you. Mm-hmm. You know, treat them better. Esteem others as better than yourself. It doesn't. It doesn't give conditions, Al. I know. It doesn't say. Um, well, we have conditions. I know yes. somebody who who um, the, the father said to the son, "I want you to take care of my daughters and take care of the kids." 
when I pass? And he said, yes, I will. I will take care of them, I promise. But then when the dad passed, when the daughters didn't treat him right, he felt he was absolved of treating them. In other words, okay, I'm out. I can do whatever I want now. <clears throat> That's what we do. But God holds them responsible for that. That's right. I mean, he takes that very seriously. You're, you're, you're promising your dad something. And once he's, and of course you promise him till the day he dies. And once he dies, something turns you the wrong way. And that's it. And now you're not going to honor that promise anymore. And a whole life can be turned upside down because of that. I mean, you know, you could still go to heaven. God still loves you, but wow, he wants you to honor your promises and, 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 and you know, keep them. there's another thing when it says do good to those that spitefully use you and persecute you. You don't have to suck it up. Yes, you're going to have to suck it up when they do what they do to you and you love them anyway. But God's going to bring a great reward for that in the here and the now. It isn't like God wants you to just be all beat up over what they did to you. And, you know, you have to be good to them regardless of how bad they ripped you off and everything. Yes, you're going to do that. But what that does is it frees God to bring a reward to you that's beyond anything you can imagine. He doesn't just leave you childless. He doesn't just right. say, too bad they did that to you. No, he's going to show up and he's going to say, wow, you did it my way. I'm going to pour a blessing. And when God pours a blessing on you, it's beyond anything you can imagine. Yeah. You know, picture... Um, I say I did something really nice for somebody and they come over and they go, oh, well, that was really good. And they give me a $50 bill, whatever. You know what I mean? Because I was good to them or maybe I was involved in something. God, when he comes over and says, oh, man, you did really good. He gives you $100,000. God's not cheap That's like good. people. <laughs> so let me, let me go over this again, Al. When you refuse to help one of the least important among these my little ones my true brothers and sisters you refuse to help and honor me wow you know even your reaction to people you know your reaction to what others do to you is very important to god because if you react harshly you're doing it as unto the lord and that's not good okay you are blessing god if you react in love the way he would react he's not blessed and he's not honored if you react any other way or with anger you know the lord said to me a long time ago he says angie your reaction to what people do to you is more important to me than what people do to you you know right when you, i mean when you look at that at face value it's like, I don't care what happens to you. I just care about what you're going to react, how you're going to react. But uh, what, you see, but what happens is God says, the reason why your response is important to me, because I want to bless you. You have to get this concept in your head that God's mindset, his thinking is, I want to bless you. I want to bless you. I want to bless you all the time. I want to bless you. But he kind of needs a reason. Do something that's worthy of a blessing. So when you do something like this, he's like, wow, that's awesome. I'm going to bless Angie now for that. That's exactly what he wants. So. And a lot of people see all that particular scripture that you're talking about, that whole thing, if you go through there. And they see it as it's impossible to do. It's terrible. God's mean. He wants to make life hard on me. No, he wants to bless you. That's right. And I see everything this way, that God's heart and mind and thinking is, how do I bless you? I don't even see the Ten Commandments. I only see the Ten Blessings. 
That's good, Al. It's a total different way of thinking. Most of the church has looked at Christianity from this perspective as God is mean and mad and he's got a club and at any moment you're going to sin and he's going to whop you upside the head. And the only reason why you're not dead and in hell is because of Jesus. But it's the opposite. God is sitting over here and he can't wait to bless you. He doesn't have a club in his hand. He has a blessing in his hand. He has a reward in his hand. It says it in Revelation. He wants to release this reward. And when you can change the way you think, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine and I, I, I preach on prosperity a lot. And he was like, oh, I really don't want you to, um, I really can't use you at my church because historically it was talked against so much. Prosperity was spoken of yes. as being wrong that he said, I can't even put you out there. And I was thinking about that, and I said, the whole attitude of the people for the last hundred years yes. is you better watch out, buddy. He's going to watch. No, you better watch out. His reward is in his hand. Right. And he wants to right. reward you. You know, it's like, I, it's, it's like I, I tell this story all the time. If I tell my son to put out the garbage every day and I'll give you a $5 a week allowance, he has to do that for me to give him the $5. I just can't give him $5 for no reason. Mm -hmm. And God's saying the same thing. I'm showing you, choose life. Do this and I'll bless your socks off. The whole point of this is being changed into the image of his son. Mm. You know, do you ever think about this? God could have saved us in a second, but instead he sent a child. Yeah. God's got a whole different way of doing this. It's all right. about us learning. Right learning how to be like Jesus. Right. And it's learned. We have to learn it. It's not in And us. when we do that, we're such a great witness to the world. And really, God's ultimate goal, yes, it's to bless us, but his ultimate goal is that no one would perish. Absolutely. You know, so when people see our life, some people will, like you and I, if people look at our lives and they're not walking the walk and they don't care to, they believe in God, that's enough. They even believe in Jesus. They're going to heaven. When, when they look at us, Rather than that, they, they get convicted, right? Because they know they're not doing it. But you think they would want to do it. That some people just get harder and harder. Or uh, they get jealous, like they're not gonna do because it because they don't. Uh, they don't want to do it, but they want you to jump on their bandwagon. They want you to be like them. Your right. life offends them, right. and they're supposed to be Christians, but right. your life is offending them because they know they don't and won't do what you do because you're doing what the Bible says. It's so important. Now, I was I was talking to my Bible study people the other day, and it's like we are in this. We're in this like square called the kingdom of God. Just say we're inside of that. Thank God. We are inside of that. Mm. And we see things one way and other people who may be Christians and go into heaven, but they really can't perceive the kingdom of God. They can't see it. So you're living one way, they're living another way, and they can't see it because they're not filled with the Holy Spirit. They don't have the Holy Spirit to show them and they don't care to have them. So, I mean, or they just don't want to see, you know, and you have a choice of which way you're going to live, which way you're going to react. And, and, but when people badger you and they make fun of you and they criticize you and they persecute you, you still stay in that kingdom standing for the truth, no matter who you lose, no matter what comes against you, because God can defend that. 
And he takes and it will personally. Yes, what people are doing to you, you don't think he's on the scene? Oh, he's on the scene. And you know, I find myself saying, Lord, even if I lose everything, I will never, I will never cross the line and go with their thinking rather than my, the, the word of God and what it says to do. And you know, I'm willing to lose everything, even though I won't lose anything. This is what we're talking about. This is the road to blessing. Mm-hmm. You're blessed of God. When you go and you were saying like, they just want to bring you over to their side. The minute you're going to go over to the world's way of doing this, you're going to get your brains beat in. You're going to lose. You're going to lose. You're going to lose because you're in the devil's realm and you're going to lose every time you're in the devil's realm because you're mm-hmm. a Christian. It's trying to take you out. But when you do this God's way and operating God's kingdom, then he will bless you and he could bring that blessing into you. Right. So and back, so, so, you know, in closing, in the scripture we talked about with Paul and everything, he was doing all of this to Christians and he had no idea he was going doing this to God. He probably thought he might have been making God mad, but he just hated people. He hated the Christians. He didn't know that this affected God the way it did. And you know why? You know why? This is why it's in the Bible. So we could know. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? We know this was that our actions, for us. yes, our actions affect God. He takes it personally. You know, your actions and your speech about others affects God. Even your speech about them is affecting God. Like, why are you talking bad oh about my, my children? But it's really important to stay within that kingdom realm and only do what the Word of God says, and then He can come in and. Defend you. I like it. Somebody somebody said they were praying for somebody else and, and, and the person was so distraught and sick and scared. And the person told her, God is your defender. You know, we don't have to fight our own battles if we just give God the right to do it. You know, okay, you come in and you do it for me. He will do it for you. Hey, thanks so much for listening today. Be sure to hit that subscribe button for new episodes each week. Learn more about us and find tons of resources that will help you grow your faith at victorylifeministries.org.